I'm Tom Tate, and this is the Power Time Podcast, Summer of Streaming. Hey, welcome back to the Power Time Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Tate, and this is a first for the show. So I'm really excited to bring to you the very first interview on Power Time. And this is a very special interview. We have an awesome guest. We have John Harrison of classicallytrained.net. And we had a really great conversation about Nintendo. I have a specific format for this show that I'll continue for a few more interviews, but I would love your feedback. So you can leave me some feedback over on Twitter. It's probably the best place just to get in touch with me at Yo Powertime, Y-O Powertime, or you can head on over to powertimepodcast.com. There's a contact form and you can drop me a quick note. I hope you enjoy this episode. Definitely check it out and uh, stay tuned. We have an awesome summer planned. Welcome back, Power Players. We are here with an awesome guest to talk Nintendo. We're going to talk video games. We're going to talk memories, stories, wherever the conversation takes us. John Harrison, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tom. Great to be here. Absolutely. So for our listeners, a quick introduction. John is a veteran content creator. Uh, He carved out his slice of the internet over at classicallytrained.net. You don't have to write that down. We will put the links in the show notes. Uh, He has authored a book, Mastering the Game, What Video Games Can Teach Us About Success in Life. He has a TED Talk under his belt. So if you go to YouTube and you type in John Harrison TED Talk, you will see uh, this man deliver an awesome talk. So again, we'll put all those links in the show notes. He's interviewed many of my favorite people in video game and organizational and personal development. Uh, John, you've interviewed Simon Sinek, Frank Cifaldi, Steve Kamm. Like, that's amazing. So I'm super impressed. Um, I, I hope that one day I can land some of those uh, interviews of that caliber as well. So I want to thank you before we even get started for being a supporter of the show because you were a supporter since the early days and I really appreciate that support. And I know that you've mentioned you've been, uh, you, you were a Nintendo Power subscriber growing up, correct? Yes, absolutely. Awesome. So you are in good company here. So I appreciate the support. Uh, you're actually uh, one of the people who inspired me to start creating video game content because I felt for a long time, like I've been a gamer my whole life, but I felt for a really long time that uh, to be a content creator in video gaming, uh, it almost felt a little immature. Uh, you know, I, was, I wasn't ready to own, own it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've done such a good job putting really tasteful, uh, mature, professional content out there around video gaming. And it definitely inspired me to do this. So, uh, Hats off to you, uh, and I'm really excited because this is my first interview for Power Time, uh, and I have a few more scheduled this week. So you are the beta test uh, in, in this case, but definitely I appreciate uh, everything that you do and everything that you've done, uh, and I'm looking forward to picking your brain. Ah, Thanks, Tom. That, that, that's great to hear, and kudos to you with this really exciting content you've continued to create. It's a pleasure to listen and even greater to be a part of. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun, definitely, and I appreciate the support. So what I've prepared is uh, something that might change or evolve over time. So I'll put that disclaimer out there for anybody listening. Uh, And definitely give me some feedback uh, if you have format changes that you're thinking. But this is what I'm calling the Nintendo 10. 
So it is 10 quick questions about you and your history with the big N. And before we get started, uh, I've already read off some of your accomplishments, but if you want to restate in your own words, uh, or at least just state for the record, who you are and what you do. Yeah. Uh, Well, I'm John Harrison, and I'm a speaker, a blogger, a podcaster, and an organizational development practitioner. And what that means in a little simpler terms is uh, my job is to help other people do their jobs more effectively. And I do that through finding various resources, efficiency, tips and tricks. Uh, And then I do a little development on the side. So uh, essentially, I want to help other people succeed. And I like having fun while doing it. Yeah, it's it's awesome because I was... I cut my teeth as a project manager. So organizational development, team development was something that I dug into very early on. And I mentioned your site, classicallytrained.net, but I should definitely state for uh, the listeners that what your site presents is life hacks, life tips, organizational tips, personal development tips through the lens of what gaming has taught us over the years. So it's a really cool site. I definitely urge everyone to check it out. Uh, But without further ado, we're going to jump right into question number one. So question number one, we're going to go all the way back. What were your earliest experiences with Nintendo games or a Nintendo console? And do you have any specific stories to share from that time? Oh, that's great. Uh, You know, I was one of those kids that I did not have the NES on the first day that it launched. I had a lot of friends that were out there and there was the the hot, hot gift to get for the holidays and I remember having to go to a friend's house to play uh, who lived down the street. And uh, I would go there on the weekends and we would sit down. And I remember playing uh, Super Mario Brothers, you know, of course, the pack in. Uh, Double Dragon was another game that he got after that. Uh, but my own Nintendo experience, aside from playing at Friends, I remember uh, for my birthday, uh, I had this calendar. It was an old NES calendar that, that had different games featured on each of the pages. And uh, I think it was uh, the Mario Brothers 2 uh, was at the feature of the month for uh, my birthday, which is in July. And what my parents had promised is that I would be able to rent an NES system. This was back when you would go to uh, video rental stores. Sure. And uh, you could rent the system. You could rent a couple games with it. It was like 20 bucks, uh, you know, a fraction of the price to buy the, the system new. And, and that was my first time to really sit down and soak in this. And uh, and I think the games I rented were, were Mario Brothers 2 and uh, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Awesome. Yeah, those are two games that we covered early on in the show. And yes, digging back through those memories, Ninja Turtles especially, uh, the, the, the scene in Turtles where you have to go disarm the bombs in the dam uh, <sighs> was just one of my absolute favorite video gaming moments as a child. Uh, it took so long to master that. Awesome. That's such a great memory. Yeah, uh, I don't so, know that favorite's the word I used, but that's good. <laughs> it was it was it was memorable. It's painful. Uh, let's say memorable uh, in in a uh, interesting sort of way. Definitely painful. Uh, so number two, you actually already answered. Uh, do you have a uh, did you have a subscription to Nintendo Power Magazine? But I guess yes. I'll flip it. And uh, do you remember spe- any specific issues? Uh, because I actually have a couple in 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 my memory that I could pull out. You know. I subscribed, there was this, uh, there's a friend of mine, uh, we both subscribed at the same time, and there was this special that they offered, I, I think it was four bonus issues, and one of them, if I remember correctly, was the Super Castlevania cover, 
Hmm. It was right around that time when I got in, and they, and they started running not long after they started running the um, the comics, where it was the new Legend of Zelda for the SNES, and uh, it was a Super Mario World comic, and they were both drawn by some uh, artists in Japan, and I remember thinking that they were just the absolute worst artwork I had ever <laughs> seen, but it was it was stylized, and, and I just wasn't able to really pick up on the style, but, but that was the first set of issues that I remember really digging into, but there, there were definitely some issues that stood out, but that was, I think, the start was getting a, a bunch, I think it was like four of them came all at once up front, and then I started getting them every month. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Uh- I, I, I vaguely remember those comics as well. Um, I went through patches, you know, where I had uh, subscriptions, you know, for a year and then my parents wouldn't re-up it and then I would mm. kind of beg for a couple of years and then I would get it. So I don't think I had a subscription during that brief period, but I do remember picking up a few of those. Uh, so next question, question number three. Uh, this is a really tough one. So what is your favorite game? So favorite game on any Nintendo console and why would you pick that game? Yeah, which one of my children do I want to get rid of? Uh, it's so hard, I know. <laughs> oh, no. So I have to do this one just with my gut instinct because it's the first that came to my mind. And, and, and it's a little trite. It's going to probably be uh, familiar to many people. It's uh, Mega Man 2. Yeah, that's a, there's, that's a there's fair answer. There's just something about that game that just perfectly balanced uh, what a game should be between the music, the control, the graphics, uh, the, the difficulty balance. There's just something about it that nailed that platform. It, it's the iconic NES game. It's iconic music. Uh, it, it's just a remarkable piece of art. And when you when you consider the year that it was released, 1988, yeah. it was just doing things in 88 that most games weren't doing. Oh, no kidding. Uh, Absolutely. That that's a fantastic answer. I have a feeling in conducting these interviews we'll hear quite a bit of Mega Man. Uh, yes. m- probably 2 and 3, uh, but we'll see. We'll see if there are any surprises there. Um I'm pretty excited for the new Mega Man collection. I know you talked to Frank Sefaldi yes. uh, about the original one, but I am excited for uh the new one as well, the new collection that they're going to put out. I was just going to say I think 7, uh the one that came out on Super Nintendo is an underrated Mega Man. Sure. Uh, that was a fantastic game. It, it really is, and I, I got to give kudos to to Frank and, and the whole team and all the other people that that are approaching this. And I think there are some consumers out there that misunderstood what this is designed to be. And this is designed to be an archival representation of the game in its truest form. So, so it's not going to be super heavy on on a remaster. They're not trying to recreate. Uh, a new experience. They're they're trying to recapture the game in its original state and appreciate it for what it was. So so I think if you go at it with that expectation, it's a beautiful thing that they're doing with with these game preservations like that. So future generations can enjoy it, uh, especially some of these harder to find titles. I yeah, absolutely. I I introduced uh, my my son to the Disney Afternoon Collection, which was also ah, put out yes. by. Uh, Digital Eclipse, I think. Yes. Um, and uh, again, I would never be able to legally obtain a copy of DuckTales 2, you know, mm, so to be yeah. able to kind of introduce that <laughs> right. uh, was, a, was a ton of fun. Okay, so I'm going to, uh, for question number four, I'm going to put a slight twist on that question. Uh, and it could be the same answer. So we asked what your favorite game was on any Nintendo console. Now I'm curious what you believe is the best game on any Nintendo console. That would be Super Metroid. So you believe Super Metroid is the the perfect uh, quintessential Nintendo game? 
<laughs> in spite of Nintendo's <laughs> obliviousness to that fact, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, it hits atmospheric uh, levels that you, you don't find. Uh, again, it's got a control scheme, it's innovative, it's got depth to it. Uh, there's so many little features and animations and details uh, in a game that's just so far ahead of its time. It, it spawned a whole genre. You know, the RPG side-scrolling action-adventure, and there, there were a few others out there that, that kind of did similar things, but none of them were as comprehensive and well-thought-out. Uh, and it also paved the way for another non-Nintendo favorite of mine, as Symphony of the Night, the, uh, the Castlevania uh, one that heavily borrowed from Super Metroid in terms of gameplay style. I was just going to say, without uh, Super Metroid, there would be no Symphony of the Night, of the yeah. Night, most likely. So yes, absolutely. And you're right; the music is just fantastic. I wouldn't even say the music; just the audio, uh, the the audio experience in Super Metroid is fantastic. Absolutely, awesome. Okay, so now we're going to go to the opposite end. What is your least favorite Nintendo game of all time? And I want to tee this up. Hmm. Like maybe you rented a game that you know when you rented a game, you just were stuck with it for an entire weekend, or something that you received as a present that was just awful. That's a that's a tough one. Worst game, you know. There, almost instantly, I want to go straight to the Virtual Boy and and say that playing uh, Red Alarm on okay. the Virtual Boy, and, and it's not because the game itself is necessarily bad. It's because it's the only game that's ever consistently and reliably given me a migraine. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so so if you're talking worst, this one physically impacts me. Um but but that's not that's not entirely the real answer. Um gosh, for Nintendo game you know what? I'm gonna have to say I I, I don't wanna dip back into the same well too much, uh, but I'm gonna say what disappointed me the most uh was Street Fighter two on the Game Boy. Okay. For a long time, I had um, I, I had a Game Boy rather than an NES because it was it was more cost effective, and I, I figured out that I could buy more games for less money. And I was so excited when uh, there was a port of Street Fighter. I'm like, oh wow, I get to play Street Fighter on the go, Street Fighter Two, and you get the game, and it's just so broken, like like Mortal Kombat or Pit Fighter or some of the other handheld fighting games. The screenshots might have been passable, but the the gameplay was just rubbish. Yeah, I I don't think I had any fighting games for the Game Boy, so I might actually go check that out. There's, I'm sure there's YouTube footage I can watch just to get it's a glimpse an experience. of the awfulness of uh, Street Fighter 2. It doesn't feel like a game that would translate well, uh, so I'll definitely check that out. Okay, question number six. And again, feel free to dip into previous answers if you'd like, uh, but what is your favorite soundtrack or musical theme from any Nintendo game? That's uh, everything from Final Fantasy 3 or uh, oh. 6 as we know it today. Yes, definitely. Uh, and that was, oh man, you just talk about music. I remember leaving that game running just to, to listen to the soundtrack, even when I wasn't playing. I just would leave it in, in the background. It was so good. And it has the opera. It does. Which is just so amazing. And I think they actually went and finished it and, and performed it with like an actual... Uh, in an actual symphonic rendition, they yeah, actually so, performed the opera. So there's a couple things about that. You you can go look at uh, Distant Worlds, Final Fantasy Distant Worlds. They they did an opera version with the vocals. Uh, if you look that up, that's that's one amazing rendition. The other thing that I would encourage you um, is the remix website OC Remix. Okay. Did a tribute album to Final Fantasy VI. It's called. Uh, 
Balance and Ruin, and they redid the opera song with lyrics as a tribute sounding a lot like Bohemian Rhapsody from Queen. That's awesome. It is mind-blowing. It is like a seven-minute epic rock. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. You just you, If you've heard the Final Fantasy opera music, you must go check it out. It's the uh, OC Remix Tribute. I believe the title of the track, they titled it The Impresario. Okay. I'll definitely uh, link that up as well. Now, did they, did they do other tracks? Uh, they did the whole soundtrack. The whole soundtrack. It's, okay. Because I know they did... Um, CDs worth. I know they did uh, a jazz... Uh, rendition for Chrono Trigger that was fantastic from OC yeah. Remix. So I'm definitely gonna gonna check this out. Probably spin this one day at work this week. Cool, awesome. Okay, great. Uh, that's a fantastic answer. Number seven. Uh, do you have any unique Nintendo memories or stories that you want to share throughout the year? So I was actually stalking your website, uh, <laughs> and I saw a note that you cleaned up at a Pokemon tournament okay. uh, in college. Yes. So I wanted. To, I actually wanted. I don't want to answer this question for you, but I would love yeah. to learn more about this. Okay, so the Pokemon tournament at college was a, was a little embarrassing, um, and, and I'll explain why in a minute. So y- you have to flash back. This is the original Pokemon, and I believe I was playing the red version on the uh, the monochrome Game Boy. And okay. a friend of mine, a college college guy, we were both in psychology classes together. Uh, we were both gamers. You know, we went and we played uh, PlayStation down in the the big waiting area at the college and people would just come around and watch, you know, what are these guys doing? Cause at that time, you know, it is late nineties games were still kind of kept at arm's length. Um, it, at least at that age. And, and so we saw this tournament at a mall. And so we got there early, we drove, we had our game boys, we had our, our Pokemon that we had leveled up. We were ready to compete. And we were easily, easily twice, if not three times older than all the competition. <laughs> yes all the competition no one was even close it was just the two of us and of course we like mopped the floor and cleaned up the house but um it was kind of a hollow victory (laughs) that's amazing that's amazing did you send anyone home in tears um we got we got some looks from parents they they really wanted to know why we were there and, and just didn't think it was the place for us to be um but yeah, you know, the other the other uh, brush with uh, tournament fame is I actually was able to compete in the Blockbuster World Championship. And, oh, awesome. And that, that was back in uh, 1994. Okay. Uh, and actually, I did a couple years. But in 94, I actually uh, placed first place in the Super Nintendo for my local store. Uh, I got to go off to the national competition uh, in, in sunny Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and uh, compete playing NBA Jam on the Super wow. Nintendo up on the uh, on the main stage there, and I I, I did not take home uh, the gold, but uh, they gave me a bunch of cool swag, and uh, it was a fun experience. That's awesome. Do you remember what game you played in in where you, when you did come in first place? Do you remember what the title was? Um, so I need to go back. I want to make sure I get them all right because I did it a couple years. Sure. Um, one year, I, I think for this year, it was NBA Jam was one of the games. You had a timer to, to get as high a score as you could. Okay. Um, and I'm trying to recall if that was the same year that they did, uh, Donkey Kong Country. Gotcha. Um, because that was one, one year. Uh, then other years they had Clay Fighter, uh, Tournament Edition, you know, kind of a quirky choice. Uh, they yep. had TMNT Tournament Fighters. Uh, another year. That's another th- rare one. Yeah, and then Judge Dredd. Okay. So they had kind of some oddball. Um, I want to say 
Judge Dredd and Tournament Fighters might have been grouped together. They gave you two or three games to play, and I so I think it was I think it was Donkey Kong Country and uh, NBA Jam for that that first go at it. That's awesome. Okay, question number eight. Uh, this one's kind of a cheap question for you uh, because I think that you answer a lot of this uh, on your on your site and uh, also with your your podcast. Has your relationship with video games influenced the the work that you do? Uh, and if so, <laughs> how? Uh, I'm really curious to uh, to ask this question uh, because I feel like when we stop and think about it, uh, there are a lot of different ways that gaming has influenced so many other aspects of our lives. You know, let me talk about the most obvious one and one that I think others can relate to or implement. Uh, because again, I, I mean, I wrote a whole book, I did a TED talk on the subject, so um, I, I could get really deep on the yep. parallels, um, but I want to do something a little higher level. And I think what games taught me really well that I carry over into my work, consciously and unconsciously, uh, is the importance of being able to focus on the task at hand. And games are really good at giving you missions and really good at giving you uh, you know, it might have been vague directions. You know, think back to the first Final Fantasy. <laughs> like, what do I do? Sure. <laughs> yeah. um, but so you had to focus. You had to figure out, I got to choose something and I got to go do that. And I can't get distracted right now. Um, and in later games, you know, as you get into the, the Final Fantasy series, uh, two and three, as they were numbered at that time, later on, we learned they were four and six. They, they were really good at giving you destinations, and so you had to figure it out. You had to figure out how do you get there? How do you make this work? But you had to focus on it. You, you couldn't really spend a lot of time on other areas. And, and one of the elements of focus that was most uh, meaningful to me, as we've alluded to a bit, is, is music. And I absolutely love doing work, studying, focus work, creativity, whatever, uh, with video game soundtracks on in the background. Uh, it's the perfect balance of music that's not obtrusive it's designed to kind of be in the back, but not too too in you know too disruptive, um, and it helps me shut out everything else around me and really focus on what I'm doing. So if you're looking for a way to to get a bit more of that, um, if you in a, are in a workspace that allows you to play music, uh, give video game soundtracks a try. Um, if you can use headphones, great. If not, uh, if you find the right playlist, if you go on YouTube or some of these other uh, streaming sites, you can look for. Uh, video game music for studying. You put that in as a search term, and, and you'll find playlists that'll go on for hours of this really soothing, focus-inducing music. It, it'll change the way you work. I, I absolutely, that's a fantastic answer. I second that too. I have ridiculous Spotify playlists that just stack uh, all the amazing symphonic uh, soundtracks that a lot of people have done. Um, Video Games Live is fantastic. I'm sure you've yes. listened to that. Yes. Uh, so I'll link up a ton of this in the show notes uh, so that our listeners can check out some of these soundtracks because Spotify, you can definitely just hop on with a free account and just start listening. Uh, so that's awesome. Uh, and yes, definitely a cheap answer because your book, I'm sure, goes <laughs> much deeper into this question uh, about how games can influence and impact the work that we do. So I'll, uh, I'll definitely share that as well. Uh, so question number nine. If you could greenlight a reboot or remake of any Nintendo game, any franchise, what would it be? That is a tremendous responsibility that you're bestowing to me right now. <laughs> yes, yes. And, uh, you know, tomorrow is Nintendo's E3 yeah, conference. Uh, yeah. So we never know what you predict right here now could end up becoming an actual reality. That it could. Well, 
you know, there's a part of me that wants to just dip back to that perfection and and ask for a proper 2D Metroid. Um, mm-hmm. So so if I could look for something that that would be that would be a strong contender. Um, but I'm trying to think if there's anything else that that comes to mind that deserves a little more limelight because you know as much as we joke about metroid getting overlooked for a game you still have samus and and smash and you know the character still exists it's just not received the 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 full game treatment that that many of the fans are clamoring for which i mean that might even be impossible to uh ever satisfy (laughs) at this point gosh i'm trying to think what you know what i would love to see i would love to see a modern remake of bubble bobble for the switch i can i can definitely see that would it still be uh just a, a 2d game or do you foresee yeah. it having kind of Two, that 2.5 no, elements I mean, to it or i i think bubble bobble works best when you just have the single plane it doesn't need 3d depth you know it's something that could work as a cell shaded or even sure. retro style graphics you know they could do what they did with uh what capcom did with Mega Man 9 and 10 it could just be a harken back to the days of of uh, 8-bit. I mean, you could you could do a 16-bit version. Sure. Uh, but that is a game that I stayed up late, late nights playing with a friend, just grinding at the levels, and it just was such a great game uh, to, to play with a friend. So I think the Switch is the right platform with the, the way the controller setups are, the way the screen config is. Uh, you could do some amazing things with Bubble Bobble on the Switch. I think that's a great answer uh, because you have built-in two players with the Switch because you, you would just detach those Joy-Cons. Yeah. You would always be able to uh, to add a second player. And with online play, that could be a lot of fun too. Absolutely. You'd always have a, a friend to play with, which we all know is the only way to get the real ending. Nice. Yeah, I love that. Awesome. Okay, last question, question number 10, and this can diverge from Nintendo. What was the last great game that you played, and this could be on any console? So when you say the last game that I played, does that mean one that I, I finished and have moved on from or one that I'm currently playing? Uh, it could be one that you're currently playing, but what was the last gaming experience that you had where you really stopped to say, like, this is this is a fantastic gaming experience? Because I played a few throwaway titles in the past yeah. year uh, that really I probably won't remember much in, in the next uh, decade. Well, let me just throw it out there. I, I just cracked open Breath of the Wild uh, the new Legend of Zelda on the Switch. So I, I think I'm not going to mention that as my answer sure. <laughs> because that's too easy. Um, sure. I, I had just finished uh, Final Fantasy 15 on the PS4, um, and, and I love it in spite of all its flaws and all its brokenness. It had a charm and a character that grew on me and uh, left me wanting more, but not enough to actually pay for DLC. Yeah, you know, I... I kind of want to follow up to that uh do you do you yeah. think it stands up against uh let's not even throw 13 into the mix because that was an interesting <laughs> game uh altogether but yeah. does it stand up against uh like seven through ten as a standalone game no but okay. as a game that has occurred after those games yes sure. and 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 let me explain that a bit, because it starts out with the the epitaph, if you will, uh, a game for uh, new and old Final Fantasy fans. And everything from the soundtrack being customizable to playing your soundtracks from 6 and from 7 and from 10 and from 13 uh, to just these Easter eggs that were buried throughout and these references that, that kept bringing you back into the lore that you knew. 
Uh, and it was fleshed out in such a way that created this great narrative that, that at the end, it feels very rushed and it feels incomplete. And, it, and like I said, it feels a little broken, uh, but I love it in spite of that. And, um, and, and so in that regard as a whole package in the context of when it's released, it absolutely stands up strong. It just wouldn't stand up if the games before it didn't happen. I passed on it and I'm kind of kicking myself for doing it. And, you know, just, just hearing you talk about it makes me almost want to go grab it and just crack it open. I know that's kind of a black hole to start an RPG these days, uh, but uh, I invested so much in Breath of the Wild, I might as well grab another one. Um, that, and I, I really want to play Horizon Zero Dawn. I don't know if you've mm, tried that out yet. Not yet. I, I'm staying away. <laughs> I can only do so many open worlds. Yeah. Yes. Enjoy that, because it was honestly one of the best experiences I've had in a long time. Well, and that's what I can say about about uh, so far I've been doing that, taking my time with it. The same with Final Fantasy XV. Take your time. Um, sure. I, I, I know you could probably rush through it and, and grind it in about 20 hours. Um, I put in over 120, and and I don't regret it, because I, I let it develop um, and, and really enjoyed every ounce of the experience, which uh, was, I think, why I would say it stands so well, is, is because I really got a chance to see it all. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, I'm going to bump that up in my backlog then, so I appreciate that. Okay, that actually concludes our Nintendo 10. Uh, so this was the first one. How do you think it went, John? I I feel good. Okay, cool. Would you be interested in hearing other people answer the same questions? Absolutely. All right, cool. So I'm going to keep this format. And if anyone has any uh, opinions or ideas, definitely shoot them over my way. You can tweet me at yo power time, yo power time. And uh, we have a few minutes left here. We have about five minutes left. Uh, I, I did want to ask you a few questions, uh, follow-up questions, if you have the time, because we are recording in the midst of E3. Uh, so <laughs> yes. this is the biggest annual press event for video games. Uh, and it's it's an event that I grew up with, uh, especially when it started getting coverage on uh, G4 uh, and the internet. And I think Spike picked it up one year after G4 uh, uh, disbanded. Um, and it's a cool event to follow. I know Microsoft, EA, Bethesda, they've already had their presentations. I think the Sony presentation is happening right now as we speak. So when we hop off this, I'm going to go Google to see what uh, announcements are happening. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious if you've been following along and if there's anything that you've seen so far that, that really excited you as a gamer. You know, I, I've been holding out for uh, both Sony and Nintendo. Um, I, I was never a huge uh, Microsoft fan. Um, I, I do own... Uh, all except the most recent console, uh, but it, but you know my heart's really more with the uh, the first party IPs from Nintendo and uh, and what Sony does. I, I just like it better. So um, gosh, so far nothing's blown me away. But but I gotta admit, uh, as a father and as a full time uh, employee and as a bit of an old man now, <laughs> I, yeah. I tend to opt out and wait for the recaps at the end of the day. I want to be able to just like consume it all first thing in the morning rather than get the feed because the feed drives me nuts it's like i i have a hard time keeping up with it i'd rather try to get that uh cheat sheet uh the next day yeah oh, it's definitely a ton it's like a faucet of information and you know really all you need is those those 30 second clips um uh, yeah, I was gonna say you're not you're not swayed by Xbox One X's uh, billions and billions of teraflops that they're promoting. It's the, crazy. The Xbox Box X. <laughs> yeah, there's just uh, you know uh, such an emphasis on the tech specs. Uh, yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's all about gameplay. Uh, so the, I think the verdict's still out on that one. Um, 
so you you own a switch uh what yes. have you thought about the switch uh so far uh i love it i um i love it for what it is sure. and and i'm excited for what it can be so i had kind of held off i didn't put in my pre-orders initially just because i i usually like to let things get out there and uh you know there was an initial panic people had when they started doing the math and oh you need a game you need a memory card you need another controller and um the the 299 price tag plus 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 started to frighten people so i i wanted to sit back and and wait and see what was going to happen um and then i couldn't find one anywhere every time i went to the store anywhere i looked uh no retailers had them in stock everywhere was uh, offering markups that i could find uh and then i happened to take a trip to new york uh new york city and then i was in the nintendo store uh right over by um uh, Rockefeller Center sure. there, and uh, I went in there first thing on uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, everyone else had gone back to to work and school, and there I was as the as the door opened, and they had five units, uh, three of which sold as I was busy asking if they had them. <laughs> so wow, wow, so you got lucky. That's so awesome. I got lucky. I was in the right place, right time. But uh, the the guy at the store told me they they get a shipment every day. They get new stock every day of the the Switch yeah. consoles. So apparently. Um, if you're near New York City, uh, first thing on a weekday is the place to go if you, you can't find it. I haven't made it up there. I'm actually not too far from New York, uh, so I'm outside of Philadelphia where uh, oh, okay. it would probably take me 90 minutes uh, by car if I wanted to get to New York. It's really not that far, but I've heard that place is an experience. Did you enjoy checking that out? Yeah, I did. It was it was neat to poke around. There were uh, a lot of great items, unique items. They had all the Nintendo consoles throughout the years set up there uh, on display. Uh, they had a lot of different merchandise and gear uh, that, while it might not have been 100% exclusive, uh, it's the first time I've seen that much first-party Nintendo license uh, swag all in one sure. location. And they've got these little statues you can pose with, and it, it's just a fun place. Um, and of course they got all the game, you got the, uh, the switch and all the different games out there you can play with and demo and, uh, play Mario Kart. And, and actually that's what, that's what sold the switch is I got my wife and my son and myself to all play Mario Kart. And, uh, that, that gave me the edge I needed to, to close the deal. <laughs> yeah. I, it's awesome. I, I love the switch for that reason alone. I feel like it's bringing back multiplayer in a way that like the Nintendo 64 did Right. Uh, for, for me at least. Uh, it's the first console that i've uh played with my wife uh since like the beginning of the wii you know mm. so that's been quite quite some time but it's fun to be able to share these these experiences like mario kart and i know we you had mario kart it's just for some reason i just feel like the there was no magic in that console um and i feel like there's just a little bit of nintendo magic in the switch uh for what it's worth uh it's been a blast to play so awesome i i really appreciate uh your thoughts on on uh, e3 and your thoughts on the switch uh, any last words for our audience? Well, last words. It's so final. Um, <laughs> any final words? Well, yeah. I, I mean, you're welcome. Yeah. You have an open invitation to come back if you're working on new uh, projects. You know, if you want to talk about those uh, anytime, just let me know. Absolutely. Well, I just, you know, I got to say kudos to everyone who's continued to enjoy Nintendo games for what they are. Uh, I grew up in a time where Nintendo was synonymous with video games. Uh, you know, even the adults, if they saw a Sega, they would say, oh, is that a Nintendo? You know, they, they just yeah, knew yeah. Nintendo is the company. And so it's been so interesting as a, as a fan of theirs throughout the years to watch how they've tried to innovate 
and provide quality games. And, and I will say every single one of their consoles has continued to have top-rate games that if you're going to put together a must-play list before you die and it's like the top 100 games, I guarantee you you're going to have one game on almost every Nintendo console on that list. Um, with, with really the only exception being um, the Virtual Boy. Uh, sure, <laughs> but, sure. you know, maybe you play it just to experience a migraine indu- induction. Uh, and, and by the way, uh, Wario Land on the Virtual Boy. On as Virtual far as Boy. I know, it, it's only on Virtual Boy. There, there have been no ports or no other ways to access that game, which is a shame. It is such a solid platformer that, that really invokes... Um, a great spirit of Nintendo and, and is a really fun game. So if you ever do feel the need, that's kind of your must own for that. But, but really just being able to enjoy Nintendo throughout the years and, and see them grow as a company. I, I hope they're always around. I, I hope to be talking to my grandkids uh, about the Nintendo console of whatever it looks like in the future. Yeah. I, and I think that you will, I, I think, you know, we'll, we'll certainly see as this generation of consoles progresses, but I, I feel really strongly about the switch that it's doing something that I, I think even Nintendo didn't expect it to do. Uh, and I certainly hope that continues. Awesome. Well, John, I want to thank you for joining the show. And again, I really appreciate your support of power time. Uh, you've been a supporter since the beginning. So I appreciate that. I am really looking forward to sharing this uh, brief interview with the audience. And one final question, where's the best place for people to find you and for people to follow you on the internet? Okay. Uh, if you want to find me on the interwebs, you can go look at the uh, the history of my site. That's classicallytrained.net. Uh, there's nothing been posted in a little while. That's going to change. Uh, in the near future, you can, can look at some more content coming there. In the meantime, there's uh, probably a good two years plus of content to dig through. Some really great interviews uh, I did on my podcast, which is the uh, Classically Trained Podcast. Uh, and if you're looking for getting directly in touch with me, uh, Twitter is probably the best place. That's at uh, CT underscore blog. Awesome. John, I appreciate that. Again, we'll link everything up. Uh, as a gamer, I will also stress to definitely check out John's TED Talk uh, because I think you did such a fantastic job with that. So I'll link that one up. That's going to wrap up today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, and I hope that you did, you can please leave me a quick review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast uh, application you listen to. An honest review really helps me continue to improve uh, the show and find new listeners so I can keep putting out more episodes. Uh, I definitely want to thank you, the listener, for your time and attention. Stay tuned for the next episode. And as always, keep on playing with power. 